Everybody ready for some word today? Good, good, good. Let's go over to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. Today I want to continue with a new series we've been in last few weeks called Totally Righteous. Not just a little bit righteous, totally righteous. And uh, anybody interested in this? All right, good section right over here is interested. These people are not. So I'm going to work extra hard on this side. This is a subject that might not just by title or by subject matter spark uh, an immediate interest or desire to know it. You, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you can bring up a subject and there's a whole lot of people they say, oh yeah, that, that, that's me right there, yeah. They immediately can relate to the subject matter. Let's say, uh, we're, say we're going to talk about marriage or, or finances or, or uh, someone needs healing in their body. We can talk about these type of subjects that, again, if you're in the middle of one of those type of situations, you can immediately recognize that you need to know what the pastor is about to talk about. However, when we talk about the subject of righteousness, I'm convinced that it is needed even if individuals don't readily recognize their need for it. If you already are uh, knowledgeable and, and skilled in this area of, of Scripture and these principles of the kingdom of God, let me tell you something. You're the exception, all right? When it comes to the body of Christ uh, around the, the country, around the world, around our city, very few people understand and have a revelation of what I'm talking about. And therefore, it undermines many of their other goals and desires and dreams in life. It really does. There, there is a, a place of being right with God that sets a foundation for other things to work in life, for other things to come into order. All right? Uh, there are individuals... Well, let me, let me illustrate it this way. The, the book of Ephesians covers a number of subjects. One of them, towards the latter part, is the subject of marriage. All right? How husbands and wives ought to relate to one another. But, you know, before... And, you know, some people might just quickly jump and say, Hey, that's me. I'm an Ephesians 5 person. I need to learn something about my marriage. You know, before Paul ever addressed the marriage relationship, he told them how to be a good Christian. You know, before he ever dealt with issues of parenting in that book as well, he told them how to live their lives personally, individually before God. He told them who they are in Christ. He told them to live spirit-filled. And how many understand that if you have some of these other areas in order in life, now you're set to have a discussion about some of these practical things. But without a, a basis of I'm right with God, I'm living full of Him every day, then we're not even ready to talk about some other stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's almost like just putting a Band-Aid on it to fix an exterior, an outward thing, if we don't deal with the root of someone that's not right with God or doesn't know they are. And so really, an understanding of right righteousness, or as we said last week, right standing with God, being declared just, just before God, an understanding of that will affect many areas of, of, of life. It'll, it, it, 
And understanding the position and the understanding of righteousness will... Um, the opposite thereof. Let's talk about unrighteousness. It'll produce a lot of, of adverse feelings. It will produce a lot of adverse behavior. Unrighteousness in a person as a quality, as a state of being, or as a belief about a person's state of being will produce disease. It'll produce poverty and lack. It is the foundation for other things to take place. See, you want to have a healthy tree and not just complain about the fruit that's hanging off of it. I got this problem and this problem and this problem. No, you got a trunk problem. <laughs> you know, you got a root problem. And that's what we like to deal with in some of these, uh, these services like this. We get into the, the good stuff, the stuff that's underground, the stuff that's not readily visible. But if we get that, those kind of things in order, it starts making our apples taste better. And oranges and bananas and stuff. Amen. Well, last week we were talking about the two kinds of righteousness. Uh, you remember there is the righteousness that uh, is of the law. It is, it is basically people trying to establish their own righteousness. And then there's the righteousness which comes by faith, okay? And uh, this is believing that our right standing with God is found only, only is a key word, only in Christ. And that's the only way we can truly be right with God. But how many know mankind always wants to have their hand in salvation? We always try to be a part of the, the process there when the reality is we can't be. And anytime we try to, we hinder it and it goes back into self-righteousness. goes back into our efforts. Um, evolution, the, that theory of evolution stems from a root of self-righteousness. We have made something of ourselves. We, we, we were the fittest and we survived. You know what I'm talking about? It, 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 was, it, was, it was our efforts. And we, as the human race, got ourselves to this place. Eh, you know, like, from the sea to me. Or I like how Keith Moore says it. From the goo to the zoo to you. And we, we have made progress. And we've, we've made something of ourselves. Actually... You know, kind of the opposite has really happened. I mean, we were made in the image and likeness of God, able to do and, and be far beyond what even most of us can comprehend today. But sin has taken us down to where people are more reliant upon our creations and our, our genius and less connected to the Father of lights who's all-powerful and omnipresent and His joy fills our lives continually. And we've got to get this straight, not only for the sake of the world, for those who don't know Him, but I tell you, even for us, while we're here, we might as well be reliant on what He gives us for free rather than dependent on what we are trying to produce that can't measure up. Amen. And so, uh, again, the world wants to promote believing in, in yourself, but I tell you, that self-righteousness does not work with God. 
There needs to be a dependence and a reliance upon the finished work of the cross, upon what Jesus did for us. And in that work, we rest. In that work, we are blessed. Did you find Genesis 15? This is the, the account of, of Abraham. He's still called Abram here. Remember, his name was changed uh, in the covenant process. Uh, but the Lord appeared to him, spoke to him, and, and talked to him about being the father of, of many nations. And, and how he, he would make, of him, uh, make him a great nation. Okay, and he was old, and his wife was barren, and some of you know the story, how, uh, uh, how was the power of God that did exactly what God told him. But in, in the 15th chapter, one day the Lord told him to go outside and look at the stars. And he looked, and he said, yeah, that's what your descendants are going to be, like the stars in the sky. And this is, what, this is how he responded in verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Notice, how did Abraham get righteousness accounted to him? How did he do it? He was a really good guy. He was really super nice. Tried his hardest. No, he believed in the Lord. Now, we might just blow that off and, and dismiss that and think, oh, yeah, that's not much. He didn't do That is everything with God. Because watch what happens. God translates and, and makes into, He takes belief, faith in what He said, and He turns that into right standing for us. When a person believes God... They believe what he said. God, again, let me say it again. He makes that into right standing. It's the only way to get right standing. It's the only way to be aligned with his purposes and his plans and his desire for your life is you must believe something. And this is where the human mind mind will mess this totally up because we think I have to perform for God. And if I will dance right, I will perform for Him, then everything will be good. If I'll make myself a little skirt of figs, everything will be good. No, we must believe what He says and He accounts that to us. He puts that to our account as right. Amen. I think of alignment. Uh, when it comes to our spiritual position in Christ, alignment. Like if you've got a, a line, a vertical line, and then another one that's offset a little bit. I think about like graphic software where they've got like snap to guidelines. You see those? And you have a box or a picture or a word, and you get it close to the guideline. You get it real close, and then it goes, and it snaps to it, so everything stays perfectly aligned. There's something about belief that does that with you and God. When you, you're out of alignment, you're not right, there's something that's not in order, but then you hear from Him, and you say, yeah, I believe, and bam, you're snapped right over, independent of your ability, independent of, of, of your performance, your belief makes you line up with His plan and purpose, now you are right with God. This is of tremendous value because I'm not right with God because I tried real hard to be. 
but I'm right. And again, the human mentality and the, the, the desire of man to make something of himself will dismiss this. But it's called, I believe, and then it's done. Amen. Yeah. You know, Amy was talking with someone recently, and she, she was sharing with me. They, they said they, they were talking about that movie that was out a while back called, uh, called, called God's, God's Not Dead. Right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I just lost the title of that. God's Not Dead. I thought, I thought it was a good movie. And... And they, this person was of one of the local works-based religions, okay? And, uh, and they, said, they said they really liked this movie, except for that one part. Now, one, one of the things that happens in that movie is a person, right before they die, they get saved. They call on the name of the Lord for salvation. And this person said, yeah, they liked the movie, all this stuff, except for that. They said, someone can't do that. They can't just live their life any old way they want, and then right before they die, call on the Lord and be saved and go to heaven. And uh, I think I read that in here somewhere. Uh, wait a minute, like all over the place. In fact, wait, that's the only way you get to heaven. Those who have lived their life and they've done well and they've tried their hardest and they're relying upon that, they're in trouble big trouble and it's a serious matter but this is the simplicity with which the Lord saves us we hear about what he did through Jesus on the cross and we believe it and now we're right with him nothing else can do it but that totally does it go with me to Galatians chapter 3 see when we believe God it is basically saying that God is truthful. We're saying that the Lord is faithful, that He's honest, that He has integrity. This is why this is, this is, why this is such a big deal. When someone hears a word from God, and then they say something different about their life than what God says about them, that's, that's self-righteousness. That's pride. It takes a, remember we read this last time, it is a submitting to the righteousness of God that gets a person to what they want, which is right standing with God. But when the Lord says one thing and we say, oh no, I can't, I'm just too unworthy. You self-righteous thing. Say, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. In this regard, we've exalted our perception of our own self. We are knowledgeable of our failures, of our lack of worthiness. And we declare that to be so over what the Lord says you are in Jesus. That's self-righteousness. Huh? Whenever we say, Lord, I believe you independent of what I see and feel. And what independent of what I know, I believe God, I believe your word is true. That makes me right with him. I'm honoring him in doing that. And see, this is what makes us right with him. No matter what it is, whether we're talking about eternity and salvation and eternal life, bam. But anything he says concerning our life, 
let's say, our health, our healing, our being blessed, being favored, being accepted, being loved, all these things that the Lord declares to be true about us, it's not good enough just to hear it and let it pass through one ear and out the other. We make a choice. We make a decision to say, yes, I believe that's true concerning me here now. You said I'm right? I am. You said I'm healed? I submit to that. I am. You said I'm whatever he said. See, that honors the Lord when you do it. You're saying, Lord, you're truthful. You have integrity. You're faithful. But whenever I start speaking the opposite of what he says about me, I'm saying, I know better. And I'm going to go ahead and go with, well, you know, you created the universe and everything and Jesus on the cross, but I'm going to go ahead and go with me because my doctor said, my accountant said, huh? because I woke up this morning and I felt, so I'm going to go with me. I know me and I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm unholy and unworthy, so I'm going to go with me. Amen. Whenever you discover something he said, make a choice. Make a choice right then to what? To believe it. If you say, what if I don't understand it? Go with the believing first and forget the understanding later. Say, Lord, I don't fully understand this, but you said it, so it's true. And it's true concerning me. It's true concerning me right now. I believe it. I accept it. That's just the way it is. Amen. I mean, isn't that how you got saved? I mean, did anyone have it all figured out when you gave your life to the Lord? Or did anyone, did anyone, was anyone, did anyone have a thousand questions? Like, I don't understand this, 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 or this, 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 and this. But you heard from God. Through another person, probably. They, someone shared the message of God's love and a Jesus sacrifice on the cross. Something inside of you said, yeah, I'm going to submit to that. And I choose to believe. And you know what happened? It was accounted to you for righteousness. You were put in right standing with God from that very moment. And it wasn't because you were such a good person. It wasn't because you did everything right. You were so smart. You were so brilliant. Whatever. It was because you submitted to what God said. And that submission, that acknowledgement, that belief, that honored Him, put you in right standing with God. Uh, Oh, it's so good. It's so good to be right with God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, Galatians chapter 3. Anybody find that? This is talking about the same thing. Paul writing, referencing Abraham. Verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer to that? Hearing of faith. Just as Abraham... What? Believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 7, Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. As the Scripture, and the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel in Abraham beforehand, saying, In you... All nations shall be blessed. That includes us. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. All right. 
Why are we called sons or children of Abraham? Say, aren't we children of God? Well, in this regard, we're children of Abraham because he believed unto righteousness. And that's the exact same way it works for us. Believing unto righteousness causes a blessing to come into your life. Whereas working unto righteousness brings a curse. And that should be easy to figure out what to do. But you want to be blessed? What? Be of faith. If you want to uh, be cursed, be of yourself. Your effort, your goodness, your religion, your your, your trying real hard, your performance, your fig leaf, however we want to say it, be of you. Be of your religion. Well, I'm a... Yeah, and you're cursed too as a result of it. Enjoy it. Or, be of Him. Be of faith. And then there's a blessing associated immediately tied to that. Now, understand when we talk about being of faith, that's the general principle. Specifically, our faith is in what Jesus said, what He did for us on the cross. It's a specific belief. Not just, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, I believe what the Lord said to me is true about me, about my present, about my future, whatever He said goes. And the moment I discover that the Lord promised me something, said something about me, uh, uh, then that's just the way it is from here on out. Everybody good? Okay. Verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Strong language, isn't it? For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now now think about that statement. For those who want to be, and they always magnify all the Old Testament laws. You have to do this. You have to obey the laws. You have to follow the Ten Commandments. And, and their life is all about following the rules. Here, here's here's the, the scripture to that. He, he said, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Do we really want to be that person? Why are they under a curse? Because if you're going to do it that way, If you're going to measure your relationship and standing with God by your performance and obedience to all of His commands, you're under a curse because you have to be perfect in your obedience. You have to be absolutely perfect in all your ways. Does anybody qualify for that? See, that's why this is so much better. Because if I'm going to do it that way, I'm toast. Because I've already blown it. And so I'm already cursed. That's why when we say we're of faith, now it's getting good. Why? Because I'm bypassing my failures and I'm riding on his success and his victory. I'm bypassing my inherent unrighteousness and I've moved into the righteousness of God which is in Christ. So what am I going to say about myself? Oh, I'm just so unworthy. No, I'm going to say, I'm in Him. And His righteousness is my righteousness. 
And his standing, meaning Jesus, is my standing. His place with the Father is my place with the Father. His his love relationship with the Father is my love relationship with the Father. He did it and gave it, imputed it, imparted it, accounted it to me. And now I have it. Say, is that is that pride? Is that just no, no? That's actually you had to humble yourself to ever get to that place. Pride says no. I have something to do with it. Pride says no. Oh, I could never call myself righteous. That's pride, and it's self righteousness. Okay. So again, the only way to be blessed outside of faith is to do everything right continually. So, we're having sign-ups after service. Anyone who wants to go that route, everything right, continually, there'll be a blessing on that. But in case that, you know, doesn't work out for you, we're having sign-up at the end of the message here today, too. And it's like, I quit. It's for quitters. What do you mean quit? I'm going to quit trying myself. I'm going to quit trying to do it, trying to be it, trying to live up to it. And I'm going to believe that Jesus did it for me. And that God will put it in my account. Amen. And you'll log in later to your account and say, righteousness. Oh, yeah. Holiness. And blessing abundantly. Praise God. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. But that no one is justified by the law on the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, by the, by the law instead of, the, by those commandments instead of by faith. You're either going to live by one or you're going to live by the other. Now remember, we said this to you before, from the, from the outside, they might look the same. Because oftentimes the person who's living by the law and the person who's living by faith, they're doing the same things. You can't, you can't observe their heart, their motive from the outside. But one is at rest, one is at peace, one is in total thanksgiving, the other is stressed, the other f- constantly feels a burden, they feel inadequate, they feel like they cannot do enough, and it's all an internal condition. And so we can't look on the outside and just identify which, which, what's going on in someone's life. But I tell you, one works and one doesn't work. One has a blessing, one has a cursing on it. Praise God. And you know, the New Testament tells, tells us this. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, whatever is not of faith is sin. So it's, if it's faith or law, and if it's not of faith, it's sin, then basically it's sin for a New Testament person to attempt to relate to God based upon their fulfillment of His commandments. Read verse 13. This is good stuff. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that means when Jesus was on the cross, how many know He was no longer the spotless lamb, but He was the serpent on the pole. 
When Jesus was on the cross, He was bearing our curse. He took our sin and shame. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus did what He did and He became what He became, so that it would be available for us today to simply and only believe unto right standing. Now, because of what He did, is what it's saying. Jesus became a curse for us. He became the curse. What's the curse trying to do everything right? What's the curse trying to live up to a standard that is impossible? What is the curse trying to measure up to an absolute el perfecto holy God and never being able to get up to that standard? What's a blessing? Jesus did it for us. Lived perfect, lived righteous, lived holy, became the curse. And now I believe what he said is true and it's accounted to me as righteousness. So what the person strives for and works toward and gives all their effort, energy, time, religion, money, everything, and tries to get to, tries to get to, they never get it. And then one day we came walking in. We heard something. We said, wow, I believe that. I believe in Jesus, what he did for me on the cross. He was raised from the dead. I submit my life to that, to, to God's righteousness. Make him my Savior. And we just, just like that, went all the way to the top. All the way to God's standard of perfection. All the way. We met it. All the way. And now we're accepted. Now we're loved. We actually get to go into heaven. <laughs> Do you know that? And there's no sin there? We get to go right in. Why? Because His righteousness has been imputed to us. But not only is this a heaven thing. Someone's saying, because I know a bunch of you are saying, like, I'm already saved. This affects our walk with God today. Knowing His heart, His love, His commitment to you. Knowing that you're right with God because of Jesus affects your prayer life. Think about it. Why in the world should there be anything wrong in life, in our mind, in our body, in our things, when we're right with God? And He is like omnipotent. He can do anything and He loves us. He can do anything and we're right with Him. We're His family. I mean, it just changes the total confidence and boldness level of how we approach circumstances, things that getting our, get in our way, our, our, our standing with God, our prayer life. It is all affected by this when you know everything's good between you and the Lord. So what do you say? Say what He says. What do you say about you? Whatever He says about me. And if he said it, then that's true. I'm going to go ahead and live that way. Whether it's eternal, whether it's temporary, just a, an earthly benefit and blessing, say what he says about you. That's submission to God. That's making him right. Praise God. Amen. This is the blessing of Abraham, that he believed unto righteousness. Now watch, these scriptures here that we're reading are not telling us how to act in the sense of godly living. 
they're not discussing the, the, you know, holy actions. That's just not the topic. You know what I'm talking about? This is not in contrast to a believer saying, I want to be like my father. He's truthful. I'll be truthful. Amen. He's, I'm not, he's, he, he's generous. He's not a thief. I'm going to be generous. I'm not going to be a thief. He's kind and loving. I'm going to be kind and loving. This is not in contrast to that. Because again, we talk about the root and we talk about the fruit. The fruit is a result of what kind of tree, what kind of root system is there. When we understand our righteousness with God, then we have the potential to live right. To, to conduct ourselves a certain way. These scriptures are not addressing. Someone said, well, what about, if you're just saying a person can live any old way they want. Well, it's stupid to do that. And when you really get close to God, your want to changes. And I'm not saying, I'm not implying anything's okay, but I, I, I will say this. I did not earn my way or work my way or perform my way unto my right standing with God. And therefore, I cannot undo my standing with God with a sin you're not saved because you didn't sin you're saved because you believed on him so you're not unsaved if you sin because you you do something wrong because if if that's true then you died again and you have to be born again again and I've never found a scripture that says we should be born again again because how many would have to be born again, 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 I mean, sorry. Some things aren't planned. See, but that mindset, and watch, there are many believers that live with that. It's this feeling of, man, I blew it, and... I'm just separated from God again. No, you're not. It was never based upon you being so good and doing everything so right. And it's not now. And let me just throw this out while we're talking. Sometimes uh, believers, Christians, will be totally merciful to a sinner because they don't have Jesus. Say, oh, yeah, and the Lord forgives you of all your sin. What? You've killed someone? Well, the Lord will forgive you. You know, what? You've done this? Lord, the Lord will forgive you. But the moment a Christian makes a mistake, oh, well, this is another story. You're expected to be a little bit better. And we immediately go back into condemnation and works and effort and all of a sudden everything, our relationship with God is all hinged upon being perfect again. And I've not met one person yet who, from the day they were born again, lived a perfect life. Even though that potential is there because of the life of God in us. To live right. Hallelujah. Everybody okay today? Where should I finish? Uh, amen. Hmm. Hmm. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read this. And... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll come back and giddy up on this some more next time. Second Corinthians chapter 5. This is, I know this is part 4, but maybe this is the text that we haven't read yet. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 is one of my favorites. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is 
a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Well, that's quite a statement. All the past is gone, and everything's new, and now everything's of God? And that's talking about us. Wow. And how many know he was not talking to a group of people who was do, that were doing everything right? If you read the rest of the letter, you found out they had some problems. There was some sin in the camp. And he's not excusing that. He wrote the letter to correct them and tell them to get back on the right path. However, he still declared their standing with God as an absolute truth independent of their issues. And he said, now you're all of God. Everything's of God. The old is gone. The new has come. You're right with God. Go down to verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin. He being God made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's Jesus on the cross. That we might become the righteousness of God. Not period. But in him. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That we might have right standing with God. There's no other way that it comes but a person who believes that Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us. That person becomes righteous before God. I tell you, if a husband and wife know this, That's a good foundation for a good marriage. I tell you that if any person, any human being knows this, that's a good foundation for an answered prayer. I tell you, if any person, if any believer will know this, that's a good foundation to walk free from their pains and struggles that they've dealt with, the bondages, the addictions they've had all their life. Because listen, the old is gone, the new has come. He has made us new and He's made us right and He's given us favor in His sight. And now we are, we are clean. We are pure, right with God and He can do anything. And of course, it all works for us. God was good before this all began. He was already right, holy, just, pure. Everything was fine. But He did this on our behalf so we could enter into the divine. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He is so good today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. And so listen, think about it. What what, what if all of us knew our place with God? Not in pride, but in absolute humility, held our heads high, our shoulders back. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life today. I am not of the works of the law. I am of faith. I believe what you said. I believe what Jesus did for me. Come on, it'll change our demeanor. Huh? You'll walk maybe an inch off the ground today. What's going on with you? You're floating a little bit there. What's happening? Uh What's going on? Right with God. Yeah, you know me, him. Bam. Everything is good. Everything's aligned. Everything's fine. So what if I blow it? Run right back to him because the price has already been paid. Don't run away because you blow it. That'd be stupid. I say that in a nice way, stupid. Uh, I mean that in a... But we always run back to Him because there's always forgiveness because it's already been paid for. Amen, amen. Let's pray today. Father, we're so thankful, so grateful, so 
Oh, blessed to be with believing Abraham. Lord, you said it. We accept it. We believe it so about our lives, about our day, about our future. Thank you for working in us now. Thank you for this, this place we have with you. We rejoice. We are glad in you. Oh, we're so thankful for all that you've done. And Lord, we do. We submit ourselves again and say thank you for our right standing with you. But I pray for those, Father, today who have not yet, have not yet been made righteous. They've not yet received their salvation. Something wrong in their life. Not right, but wrong. Lord, thank you for this message today. You're speaking to them. I know you are. You love them so much. Draw them to yourself. I pray they'd get right with you today. Touch their hearts in Jesus' name.